This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 15th of January. In your Squiz today, trouble in the Red Sea, long live Queen Mary, Taiwan elects a new president and keeping up with the kids' cups. This is your Squiz today. We're starting the new week back in the Middle East, Claire, with the American and British airstrikes on Yemen that started on Friday. They were in response to the Houthi rebel group's attacks on commercial cargo ships in the Red Sea that have been happening since November. And authorities from the US say that they struck Houthi targets, including munition depots, production facilities and air defence systems. Yeah, it's been quite an escalation in the last few days. And yesterday, the Pentagon said that the strikes have had good effects in taking out the Houthis' ability to attack those ships. What the US and the UK say is that they won't allow the Houthis to continue attacking those commercial ships that are passing through that very critical trade route. The Houthis say that those attacks were started in response to Israel's military operations in Gaza. Yeah, and the thing to remember is that the Houthis are backed by Iran, which isn't much of a fan of the West. So that's led analysts to say that US and UK strikes could bolster the Houthis' anti-Western ideals. And World Bank economists have also warned that the situation could spark more global economic problems if it isn't sorted soon. Yeah, there's certainly a lot more to shake out in this, and it's really about a broader conversation. It's also sparked fears that it could be the thing that leads to a broader Middle East conflict. So that's something that's definitely on people's minds, including at the United Nations, which has urged restraint from all involved. Uh, As for the Israel and Hamas war, it's just passed its 100th day. That happened yesterday. So to take count of the toll to now, reports say that at least 23,700 Palestinians in Gaza have died, also 1,300 Israelis. Tens of thousands of people are injured and more than 575,000 Palestinians are facing what the United Nations say is catastrophic hunger and starvation in Gaza. As for Israel's military actions over the weekend, it's focusing on the city of Rafah in southern Gaza. More than a million Palestinians are said to be sheltering there, and Israeli officials say that it's necessary to continue airstrikes there because they believe it's where Hamas leaders are hiding. For anyone who was tucked up in bed asleep at 1am this morning and missed the official proceedings, we did, but we've caught up for you, the Tassie-born Crown Princess of Denmark, Princess Mary, is now a Queen Consort. Yeah, I reckon, Alice, I had a mosquito that was bugging me at 1am, <laughs> so I was actually awake, but I didn't move on to the television. Um, what happened is that Denmark's Queen Margrethe has signed the abdication paperwork, her son Frederick has been proclaimed the king. Uh, Our Mary has been proclaimed queen. Of course, she's 
the first Australian-born mm-hmm. queen, tens of thousands of Danes have turned out to see the pair take to the balcony of Copenhagen's Christiansborg Castle. The thing that I think I really wanted to know, I'm sure many others did, was what was she wearing? <laughs> it was a pretty plain white dress, beautiful jewels. Mm-hmm. She looked amazing. So yeah. Frederick even got a bit teary. He praised his mother and he said that he wanted to be a unifying king for the future. And meanwhile, down under, Aussies celebrated by doing what Aussies do best, which is heading to the pub. Fans of the Danish royals visited Sydney's Slip Inn, which is where the couple met back in 2000. Punters were able to buy special red and white cocktails to toast to the new king and queen. And our government also went all out in Queen Mary's name. PM Anthony Albanese announced $10,000 for Wildcare Tasmania's work to protect the Tasmanian devil. Claire, Taiwan elected a new president over the weekend. The Democratic Progressive Party's candidate, Lai Ching-Tae, who is also known as William Lai, scored an unprecedented third term for the party with 40% of the vote. Yeah, that's certainly being talked about being a historic occasion. Uh, It's also worth mentioning, though, that the party lost their majority in the parliament. What the analysts say is that's reflective of the public's anger over domestic issues, things like housing costs and stagnant wages. But Lai has promised to address those problems. He says that he's going to continue to stand up to China while also continuing to look after things on the home front. Of course, China wants to reunify the island that it says it's its own territory. But Lai says that the result shows that locals do not want that. He says that they've written a new page for Taiwan's history of democracy. Yeah, Lai is strongly in favour of an independent Taiwan, which means he does have a tricky road ahead. He wants to establish communications with Chinese officials who are not too pleased about his election. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. The Australian Open kicked off yesterday and to mark the occasion, Tennis Australia boss Craig Tiley has announced his plan to turn the tournament into the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah, he's done quite a bit of media over the weekend, Tiley. So he's talked about, of course, what tennis could be, what the future is. There's been Mm -hmm. talk of a premium tour around for ages and Tylee is one of those people at the forefront of the push for change. He reckons the Australian Open could be much bigger if they increased the prize money, also extended its duration and then enhanced the spectator experience through things like technology. But when it comes to tennis as a whole, uh, Tylee is one of those people who say, just look at what's happening in golf. There's a lot of 
of Saudi money that's come into golf and it's really changing the face of that sport. Tylee says that tennis has to be open to that kind of thing and the entire circuit could be a much bigger deal. Um, Over the next fortnight, though, that's where his focus is on delivering this Australian Open. And speaking of, Claire, the big game to look out for today is in the early evening. It's between our very own Alex Dimonor and Canada's Milos Raonic. And Naomi Osaka is also making her big return against Caroline Garcia later tonight. Move over Crocs. There's a new must-have ugly accessory doing the rounds online. It's a giant water bottle, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly is giant. (laughs) Uh, They call it a cup, though, Alice. (laughs) It's the Stanley Quencher Cup. Um, Gen Zs, of course I call them Gen Zs, um, (laughs) they've really made it blow up online. It's a 40-ounce stainless steel vacuum insulated jug. It has a straw. Um, 40 ounces, 1.2 litres. So once you put that into a steel cup and carry it around, (laughs) it's pretty heavy. (laughs) And it might not sound that super exciting. You might be wondering why we're talking about it. But it is all over the internet. Um, These Stanley executives, as you say, they've got the guy that used to work for Crocs that made Crocs a thing. And he really has done an incredible job in making these Stanley cups a thing. Um, That Stanley brand is 110 years old. Old, um, though what's happened in recent times with modern marketing, um, sales skyrocketed last year to $750 million. Before that, it was averaging $70 million a year. Experts reckon the trend reflects a broader shift towards health consciousness and maturity amongst Gen Z, but probably the more than 7 billion mentions via influencer marketing on TikTok might have helped (laughs) a little bit. Whatever it is, though, hydration is good, so it's probably not the worst trend I've ever seen. Not the worst. (laughs) Certainly confusing, but not the worst. Squeeze the day, Claire. The Critics' Choice Awards are being held today. Oh, yeah, we're well and truly into awards season. So Critics' Choice will start this morning. Uh, You can stream that live on Stan. It's being hosted by US comedian Chelsea Handler. Um, The Emmys are on tomorrow as well. So, yeah, we're really in the thick of it. Yeah, a few Aussies are in the running for Critics' Choice Awards. Elizabeth Debicki, Sarah Snook and Margot Robbie again. So we'll be keeping tabs on how they go. And that's it for us today. Have a great start to the week and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.